We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You knew it! Why? You tell the story! Why? You tell the whole damn world this is bad territory! You knew it! Why? You tell the story! Why? You tell the whole damn world this is bad territory! You knew it! Why? You tell the story! Why? You tell the whole damn world this is bad territory! Woo! How good you guys? And welcome to another episode of the Bearcast. Uh, we are back here in this secluded little dungeon. Somewhere in the East Bay. No one will ever know. It's a good description. Yeah. In the lair. <laughs> the lair of the bear. The lair of the bear. Um, before we start, we, we have a little surprise for ourselves. Uh, I went to Berkeley Bowl uh, this morning, and uh, they had blue and gold gummy bears. Um, so this is our snack for tonight. So we're going to be eating as we chit-chat. Um, <laughs> Super appropriate. <laughs> I'm going in. Hey, there's uh, what's it? My favorite podcast, The Men in Blazers. They they pop open a Guinness on every show. Like you hear them open it and pour it into a glass, and they drink Guinness, and they're sponsored by Guinness now. So that's what we're aiming for. There's a gummy bear sponsorship coming our way. <laughs> if we make the, it's an easy tie. Trace, Come on, Haribo, right? Trace and I have always wanted. We wanted Top Dog. Top just, dog? We just wanted a top dog. We don't even want money from them. Maybe one free hot dog a week? Yeah. Like, that would be good enough. You take, like, a six-pack. Yeah. They don't even have to be cooked. No, no. Yeah, I'll, I'll cook it at home. Hey, if you if you get them uh, frozen, they give you the buns for free, so... I'm in. I'll take them. All we need is... Let's email them. Let's make yeah. it happen. <laughs> and then we can have people over, too. <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty sure Twist would be the first one over here. He'd probably be the first in line, <laughs> slamming at the door. Him and Rollins. Yeah, Rollins are probably the second one in line. But uh, these are delicious. <laughs> these are delicious. I can you ha, have you figured out what flavor they are? Because I still have not. I I ate a yellow one by itself, and then the blue one by itself. I still can't figure out what flavor. The blue one's a little bit tropical. It's got like that. Uh, that um, I can't tell. I can't tell. It's like fruit punch, but like the tropical fruit punch. It's in, it's in, it's incredibly. You can't you can't tell. You want to taste? Tastes like blue. <laughs> <laughs> one tastes blue, one tastes gold. But yes. You're right. It's good. We promise that we, we won't eat towards the meat of the show. The mystery it's, tropical blue flavor. Yeah. It's like that Gatorade blue. Oh, that's what it tastes like. It tastes like the Gatorade blue. That's mm. what the... Okay. I've been a big fan of the Gatorade blues. I don't have my Gatorade tonight. Oh, you don't have a... Oh. Uh, yeah. How are you going to get through this hour? I, 
I don't know how we're going to get through this hour. Um, but let us start. Um, there's not a lot of news to go through today, but there are some big talking points that we need to get through. Um, so let us start. Uh, no big news on the NFL front. Um, although I did see on the Seahawks website this morning that um, they had a little thing about rookies and OTAs and things like that. Number two was how, do the, how would the rookies fare in OTAs? And in that, there's a little sentence about how Kenny Lawler has been blowing up the other rook, defensive rookie guys on defense or when he's on offense and the one-on-ones. And uh, it, they talk about how will he fare against the Richard Shermans and the Cam Chancellors and the Brandon Browners back, I think. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So with the Brandon Browners. Um, so they had that. And then there's a – if you look through the photo gallery, I posted this on Facebook, but there's a, there's a picture of Russell Wilson – um, talking into Kenny Lawler's ear. I think it was just calling a route or a play. I saw that. I went, okay, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you, you had the perfect caption on that. That was well done. Yeah, for those who are not my Facebook friends, the caption was, uh, do, what you, uh, do that thing you did at Cal, ready, break. <laughs> that was the caption of my photo. So. so awesome. That was well done. Uh, yeah, I mean. What a bummer, though. Talk about having to see him suit up in Seattle against the Niners. Super happy as a Cal fan, but I mean, at what point does that stop? And then I'm like, well, what point? Will it be different thresholds for Lawler versus Goff when when the Rams come to play versus yeah. when the Seahawks come to play? Right? Is there a different threshold? That's a great point. As a Niner fan, well, the thing was too with Marshawn. It's not like I ever stopped rooting for Marshawn, even though he was on the Seahawks. Regardless, rooted this for the Seahawks to lose every game, but Marshawn to have his like two fifty yards. So I like, think yeah, I'll just take that approach. So Jared can throw. I mean, our defense is garbage. So <laughs> Jared can throw for four hundred yards, and if the Niners win, then I'll be happy. Uh, even if he threw for 400 yards and they won, I'd probably still be happy at this point because the expectations have been lowered for the Niners. Man, yeah, talk about it. all these guys in the division yeah. going to get. Oh well, at least we got Bryce. I yeah. keep reading about Bryce, and uh, people are. They actually did a poll on Niners Nation of who might be the most likely undrafted free agent to be signed, and it, uh, Bryce was in second amongst SB Nation Niners Nation's readers. So, oh wow. That is cool to hear. I think a lot of people have the same ideas as us of seeing him in the slot in Chip Kelly's offense. I think one unrestricted free agent that we haven't talked about that I think broke, was it last week? Uh, Jordan Rigsby signed with the Carolina Panthers, so he's there. I don't know I'm, I don't know how to rate offensive linemen. Um, I can't say I can... I can't watch their tape and be like, oh, he's a good old lineman. Like... If he just if he just destroys defensive guys and just throws them to the ground, I'm just gonna be clapping and be like, yeah, yeah, I want him. Um, like I, I don't I can't tell the techniques like the stances like I'm just yeah, I'm oblivious to it. I'm with you. Did, did Mitch Schwartz get drafted? I can't remember. I can't remember that either. But but I remember he was on the team and he and even in Clark Curry, he's always the biggest person there and. He's had such a nice NFL career. He came up in this off season. I think he's just signed somewhere else. Um, and then we, I mean, we had a lot of those. We used to be kind of like a good farm for the NFL for O linemen for a little while. Mm-hmm. We've kind of gotten away from that. I think we're a little bit too much of a like scheme for yeah for, for the pro style big yeah. guys. Yeah, I think that's why certain big guys just kind of maybe don't want to play just because of the diversity and the stances and certain things that they'll be encountering here. Yeah, um, I never really thought of that, but now that you think about 
think about it. It does make sense that certain O-linemen, you know, would prefer to play in like a in Stanford's running first offense versus, you know, this type of pass protection offense. Totally. Yeah. I think more so with what Franklin was doing than what we'll see this year. Um, that was always my understanding. And also there's that rumor, which hasn't been verified, so I don't even know if it's proper to talk about it, but that yeah. Sonny and Franklin weren't on the same page and they changed the... The stance, or yeah. the, the it's the kick slide now versus the vertical vertical set. Exactly. Um, which, by the way, I still don't understand what that even means, but I, it's it's football talk. Um, Good old football talk. Uh, so yeah, that's it for NFL news. Um, I can't think of any other pieces of NFL news from our guys uh, that have come out over the days. At uh, any minute now, the Sharks are going to win. That is true. This is very true. Uh, we we just started uh, looking at the score before the show started, and it was like two minutes left. The score was 4-2 Sharks. I'm going to feel really bad if they didn't win. <laughs> and they just announced that they did win, and they didn't win, and they blew a four-goal lead, and I will be crying myself to sleep tonight. Oh, that... Oh. It was 4-1 uh, last time I checked, and then Andy walked in when we were right about to record, and he's like, oh, crap, it's 4-2. Like, oh, man. But they are, uh, let's, let's hope, let's hope that, yeah, I mean, I saw uh, Michael Barton's tweet uh, just before I came downstairs to record, and he said, uh, did the Sharks, the Sharks are winning, the Giants are winning, the Warriors are losing, did the Sharks and the Giants take all our mojo away from Oracle? Like, yeah, okay, yeah. We kind of look like it. <laughs> Sounds about right. I keep I mean, hearing the space uh, space jam analogy. Yeah. Someone came and <laughs> took away all Steph's talent. Oh, the monsters! <clears throat> Darn it! <clears throat> Three one down. Oh, by the way, someone did write on our uh, podcast post on Golden Blog saying that they didn't they did not like us talking about uh, the Warriors, um, but. I'm sorry to say, if something comes up, it's just because we live in the area, we'll kind of at least talk about it, but we'll try to restrain ourselves from maybe overblowing it to out of proportions, like eight or ten minutes on it. But <laughs> if we talk about it for like a minute or two, just please excuse us, just because, I mean, we are a sports podcast. We're so. all Under Armour family. <laughs> that is we are true. the Under Armour family now. <laughs> that is true. Um, so, yeah, we have to talk about Buster Posey and... Steph I can talk, talk about Buster Posey and the Giants all day right now. Let's not go down that path. Yeah, let's. We are playing great baseball. Yeah. It's our pitching staff is lights out right now. Mr. Cueto is have is was quite the acquisition. He's awesome. Yeah. Super fun. Yeah. One stat I I will say and we'll end it with this is I saw over the last three games with Bumgarner, Cueto, and Samarja. Yeah. Uh, the last three games they started so both one each. Uh, the, their combined ERA was 0. .32. Like, it's <laughs> it's absolutely nuts right now. And that's not even... Yeah, we're playing the Padres, but we played the Cubs, the best team in baseball, the series before. Exactly. So that's not anything to take lightly. Then you mix in the fact that Kane's only given up four earned runs over his last, like, 21 innings. Um, and then Peavy's obviously the, uh, Just the outlier yeah. right now. But even him today, he pitched well today, so... Yeah, as yeah. you said, last point, we'll Giants are playing that. well. It's pretty sweet. Yeah, it's a good time to be a sports fan in the Bay Area. Or even if you're not a Bay Area sports fan, if you live in the Bay Area, it's a good time to check out any other sports just because 
the atmosphere and everything's just great. And if the Sharks did win, I plan on attending. I'm taking this test on the fifth. I'm taking it. I'm going to do well, so I'm going to keep that positive yeah, mindset. That's the best way to go. Then I want to celebrate by going and buying a very expensive ticket to go see the Stanley Cup final game. So please tell me that the Sharks have won. <laughs> and I'm wearing my colors tonight. <laughs> you are wearing your Sharks colors. <laughs> I don't see any of the teal, though. Yeah. There's no teal today. <laughs> no All right. Uh, on to some recruiting talk. Uh, Cal has just got another... Recruit to commit. I mean, we're getting him early this year. Once a weekend. Yeah. If it, if it doesn't happen it next weekend, then something's wrong. I, I don't know what it is. And not only was this recruit committing a big deal, but apparently the opening, which is a football camp that uh, Nike does um, every year, the regional was here in Oakland. So apparently a whole bunch of recruits. Um, there's a quarterback committed to Alabama. Um, and like a whole bunch of others, um, hmm. apparently visited us. Just, oh, I just didn't know be- that. Just because they were here. Oh, um, that's awesome. Yeah, I mean, granted, I can't go into some names just because I think a lot of the names were behind paywalls for rivals and scouts. So I don't want to do them. I don't want to leak any news from them. But from the list I saw, I mean, there were some hefty star guys that I don't think they were official visits. Granted, just because they were in the area. In the area, come yeah, check and, out the yeah, facilities. Yeah, just come check it out, you know? I mean, and they're probably saying, why not? I mean, if, especially if they have an offer from us, then it's <clears throat> two birds, one stone. You come up here for a skills challenge, a workout, and you get to visit one of the schools that have offered you. So, The advantage of being in this area. Yep, yep. Hopefully that just continues. Yeah. So back to the recruit that committed to us. Um I think I'm going to butcher his first name. Kadari? Uh, I'm so sorry if whoever's listening is related to him. This or is all him. Rob's fault. This is all my fault. Um, but I can't say his last name really easily. Godfrey. It's really easy. O'Dowd? Um, yep, he's a Bishop O'Dowd Dragon. Um, he is a defensive back, and uh, he has committed to us after I think he had 11 offers uh, from different schools. But the That's cr- crazy. Which... Which added on to this fact, which is that he's only been playing football for a year, and he's had 11 offers, So, and he committed to us because he wanted to stay local. That's insane. I That's mean, awesome. How do you play football for a year and get D1 scholarship? I mean, I guess the, the big thing for me would be that he's athletically gifted. Yep. I mean, I don't see any other way you can... I mean, David C. Wright's going to hate me for saying this, but other than the kicking position, I just don't see you you picking up football just to play, right? Um, I'm with you. Uh, When I was going through the recruiting process for tennis, um, not to keep going back to this, but I'd only been playing, you know, competitively for two years, and I used that a lot when I would talk with coaches and say, look, I've only been doing this for two years, there's a whole lot of potential left because I haven't been committing to it. I've been playing four other sports too. So this has been my main focus only for two years. Like imagine what I can do if I put in another four years. Um, so that's that's super sweet. And, he, and that just means he has a ton of talent, raw talent. Just untapped. Yeah, and I love the local connection too. Yeah. That felt really good, especially from O'Dowd, <coughs> which isn't like the biggest football school. But hey, I would keep pulling players like we get Rab from O'Dowd and – who knows? Yeah, I mean, there's a there's a couple of other guys from Odad that are on the team. I think, uh, oh, this is gonna bother me. There are a couple of football guys that are from Odad that are on Isn't the roster. Isn't the whole Toller family from Odad? Yes, yes. All oh, the Nickersons are all from Odad too. Uh, granted, none of them play for our team anymore, but 
they yeah they were all from O'Dowd as well. That's right. Um, so I almost just died on a gummy bear. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So we got another recruit. So granted, I mean Andy and I were just talking before the show. Still no linebackers, right? Um, still. Um, I don't know what other position of need that we have. O-line, maybe. O-line. Yeah, I mean, they're getting older. D-line. Um, D-line definitely is a is an area of need, especially with Looney a senior, Wilson a senior. I like Looney a lot. I do, I do. Um, He's really cool. I think this might be the year that he breaks out. Um, he kind of had that last year. He kind of broke out last year. He was kind of that... I liked his, all those video interviews that oh, yeah. he do during camp, and his were always super entertaining. It was so funny. Um, but I think with the new guys we have coming in, like the Evan Weavers and the and the Luke Becketts and so on and so forth, that they will just help him. Because the only help he had last year was Cragen on the other side, and Cragen's season exploded the second half. Like, he had... D-line, like, did not help each other out realistically in the first half of the season. Granted, we... Got so many interceptions and stuff, but I think that was more so just our DBs making great plays on the ball versus us getting pressure and tackling QBs as they were falling and you know, tip ball and doing all those things. I totally agree with you on that. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's it for recruiting news. That's, <laughs> that's okay. One, one week is great. <laughs> one a week. One a week. At one a week, we'd have... You know, 52 recruits in our class this year. That'd be pretty good. Yep. <laughs> I'd be happy with that. Wouldn't be able to have all of them at Cal, but it'd be nice be to have that, that interest. I would be happy with that. Um, so on to basketball. Um, this isn't really Cal-related news. I guess it is kind of Cal-related news, but it's just there's no news yet of that we're actively going after him or that – so. I want everyone who's listening to take this with a grain of salt. Um, but uh, Kentucky power forward Marcus Lee. So he's a power forward center. Played three years at Kentucky under Coach Cal. Um, declared for the NBA draft this year. And then uh, just today, which was the deadline to go back to school if you did not sign with an agent, um, was he decided to come back to school, but he's transferring from Kentucky. They have a log jam in the front court with all the freshmen that are coming in. I mean, with Bam Adebayo and some other guys, I, they are loaded uh, front court wise. So he wouldn't he wouldn't be a graduate transfer. He'd have to sit one year and then play a year. Um, but the I thing, was just going to ask you that if he had the red shirt. Yeah. Hmm. So he would have to sit. That's um, not the, so. And once again, Cal is not going after him. But some of the backstory behind him is he went to Antioch High School, um, which is right here. Um, in deeper East Bay. Mm-hmm. Antioch High School is also where five-star running back uh, Najee Harris, the number one overall recruit in the 2017 class, is currently going to high school. Do you remember Eddie Miller? That's right. Basketball player? Yep. Yeah. He didn't really ever play for us, but <laughs> knew, him, knew him freshman year. <coughs> went to Antioch. Yep. Went to Antioch. Uh, Cal was heavily in the mix for him when he was coming out of high school. This was Montgomery's last recruiting class. So if you know Montgomery's last recruiting class, that's the Jabari Burr, Jordan Matthews, Sam Singer, um, Ken Rooks, and Roger, that class of five. Um, So Cal was big on him. Cal wanted to make um, the dream for most fans at that time was the Bay Area Big Three, which were Jabari Bird, um, Marcus Lee, and Aaron Gordon. Aaron Gordon went to Arizona. Marcus Lee went to Kentucky. Jabari came here. Uh, but, I mean, it would be a cool story to see him come back 
you know, play for a year, you know, in his in the Bay Area school that he grew up next to that was in the mix for him. But currently, we just don't have scholarships to hand out. So that's the big thing. We don't have a spot for him. Yeah, <laughs> as such much a bummer. As, as much as we'd like to bring him and him in. So that being said, I don't know how the grades work. But one thing I would be scared or scared about is that um, Roscoe Allen decided to stay in the NBA draft this year from Stanford. They have a spot for a big man, and the kid is from this area. Uh, so <laughs> it's a pretty nice degree to graduate with. <laughs> yeah. So especially when you compare it against a Kentucky. Exactly. So I'm looking at that going, Ooh, okay. Oh man. Oh, <laughs> this is not, Oh, this, I did not want this whatsoever. Um, but I played, I just, it, the scenario played out in my head earlier today when I heard the news that he was transferring from Kentucky. So just another name out there. Um, it's at this point, I'm, Unless one of our guys transfers last minute, which is highly unlikely, um, I just don't see us going after him. I mean, the roster set with Charlie coming in, so agreed. That's fine by me. We may not need him. It would be a nice to have, maybe not a need to have. Yep, yep. Um, also, oh, a bit of uh, sad news uh, from the Cal women's side. Uh, guard Gabby Green is transferring out of the program. So. I don't know if you follow a lot of the women's basketball team, but <clears throat> this has not been a pretty trend. Um, they've had they had a forward uh, be dismissed from the team last year. Now you have a guard who only played one year for you and was the 2015 or two years for you. He was a, she was part of the 2015 All Pac-12 freshman team as well. She is now transferring out. Um, I don't know if this is a good look. Um, as a coach, I mean, I just I was reading the Twitter feeds all throughout the day, and people were saying, you know, results are great, um, but this does this doesn't look good if you're constantly having kids Turn. come in and then leaving. Um, so I don't know. I don't know how to feel about this. Well, last uh, year we were we underperformed pretty significantly. Correct? We did, we did, but we also had a lot of injuries too. I think we were playing at one point in the Pac-12 tournament. We were playing like six deep. In terms of just the bench play and the starters, so we were playing with a six-man rotation. That's just that's you don't want that. It's not that's possible. Yeah, it's not possible. Um, well, that's too bad. I think yeah. um, on some level, it's been nice this year. With remember two years ago with all the transfers coming out of football. Yeah, and then obviously after Sunday's first <laughs> first year is like the mass exodus. Yeah, so. Transfers happen. People make up their mind, go go other places, decide it's not for them. But obviously, it's a little concerning when they have a lot of talent, and you're trying to bring in that type of talent. Can throw some, I don't know. Turn happens. You'll deal with it. But we'll see if it's an actual trend. Once like if if other players start becoming more vocal about it, or if it's something that <coughs> it's hard to read too much into transfers and what's going on there. Cause it really is. We just have no look into the locker room. Like, we, is it, you know, this is just all hypotheticals here. Um, but, you know, is it quarrels with a teammate? Is it, do you not like the, the scheme? Did it not fit you, you know, when you started playing it versus when you heard about it when you were getting recruited? Was it, I don't know, was it the classes? Maybe it was the academics? Like, there's just so many factors that can go into 
you attending school. I mean, even just regular college students, I know a, a ton of that went to their college that they chose when they were coming out of high school and they went and they spent one year there and they just hated it. Like it was not the place for them. Um, and they, you know, they would rather come somewhere home. So they would transfer out and come to college near where they, where their hometown is. So that happens with college players, like just, or just college students. I can only imagine that happens with athletes too, because it's twofold, right? Not only is it the academics, but it's also the athletic side of it and seeing how well you can be as an athlete. So I just hope this doesn't become a a trend. Um, Whereas like, you know, Sonny's thing was just, like everyone who wanted to leave, like it, it felt like that, right? It felt like a, if anyone doesn't want to play for me, leave right now. It kind of felt like that type of exodus. Um, and we'll, it was I'll, a mass exodus. It was, there was a lot of players that left. So many players. It was like, every, like <laughs> no, not him. <laughs> yeah, it happens. Yeah. We'll be all right. I'm not overly concerned with it. Yeah. Um. I don't know. The only reason really why I know about women's basketball is through Michael Silver and how much he used yeah. to like, you know, be involved with it and so I'll trust him. He's like the He's like the Cal Godfather yeah, of all exactly. Cal sports. Exactly. Which by the way, he title. has he has said he has I have this tweet saved. We asked him if he would come on the pod and his answer was I'll do the pod. What? So let's get him on the pod. We still have him on the hook for this. All right, let's tweet um, at him right now. All everyone all listening caps, to this, all caps. Ask him to come on the gold silver Pass. on the gold pod. <laughs> tweet exactly. that, or we'll come okay. up with a better one we'll and then tweet that. <laughs> we will, and then everyone can just retweet it. That'd be that's, great. That's the best way to go about all it. All right, Rob, you're in charge of that. I will get on it um, as soon as possible. All right, uh, that's it for basketball talk. Um, really, there's not a lot of news this week. Um, Let's move on to some baseball talk. Uh, Cal drops two against Utah this past week. So they lose the first one 8-3. They win the second one 9-2. And they lose the last one heartbreaker 6-5. That last game was with our ace in the staff, Dalton Jeffries. That was his return game. And we botched it at the very, very end. So um, at this point... Cal is unlikely to make the College World Series. After starting off the season, like one of the teams that most people were pegging to go pretty deep in the College World Series tournament, versus now, um, if you're look, if uh, you don't follow baseball that much, uh, I'll talk to you in NCAA tournament uh, bracketology terms. He, they are the next four in, so they're definitely on the outside looking in right now. Wow, talk about a change of fortunes. Yeah, especially from last week to this week, where if we had that run differential. Yep. I heard the 6-5 game was a really good game, though. Yeah, that was the last game of the season. Hey, um, did you go? I did, yeah. not, I did not go on Saturday to the 2-2-2. I ended up... So now we can't bring back our Rob's Life Hacks? I can't. At Edwards? No, no, because I went to Benihana. That was a pretty good choice. Do you have any Life Hacks for Benihana's? I do not have any Life Hacks for Benihana's. Bring a grandma? Where's Benihana's out here? Uh, there's... Uh, Is it in the city? Concord. East Bay? Concord? Yeah. yeah. I'm there. <laughs> yeah, Concord's the closest one. Um, this is a rap line. Private conferences when we eat Benihana's. What is that from? Goodness. Yeah. yeah I, I can't. I, right? I'm going to go have a conference <laughs> next <laughs> The fried rice is too good. It's way too good. Um, but yeah, this is not looking good. 
granted, we still have a, a string of games against Washington State this week uh, at Washington State. So hopefully we can string those wins and maybe the co- selection committee will say, hey, these guys were pretty dang good without or with Dalton Jeffries. It's just when he was out that they weren't that good. Let's put him in as a dark horse and see if they can make some noise. And with him playing, I definitely think so. Um, he, it's, when he pitches the first game, it's just, it's just unstoppable. The kid is too good, way too good. You know, and we talked to um, Steve Kroner at the Chronicle a couple weeks ago, and when we asked him about Dalton Jeffries' pro prospects, he said hey, he looks as good as any pro prospect he's seen. So wow. I mean, that's not to say... I mean, right now, he's a starter for us. But maybe he he's a relief. Maybe he becomes a closer. Um, maybe he does develop the the strength to become a starter. But regardless, his potential is just through the roof being, what, 21, I think? He's a junior. So he's got a ways to go, and we still got him for a couple years. So Unless he declares for the major league draft this year. But I hope not. I hope not. All right, that's it for uh, baseball talk. Um, one little last bit uh, for you. The both Cal tennis teams, men's and women's, are in the NCAA Final Four. Yeah. Wow. And they both lost. Oh. <laughs> they both lost. Sadly. <laughs> yeah. Cal men's team, I think, lost to UVA. Yeah. Um, but did you see the TCU match? Or did you see at least how we won the TCU match? I did not. I believe it was TCU. Hopefully I'm right on that. Um, it was, it came, ended up coming down to the last match and you know, the tennis works, you have the, I think it's either three or two doubles matches and then three singles matches and you, so, no, you have like, and then a wild card match. No, uh, that's how it worked at my high school. So that's how I remember it. It was doubles, doubles one and two and singles one, two, three, and then a wild card. Oh really? Yeah. That's how we worked. So I don't uh, know how it worked. I thought it was out of in college. Like I thought you played. I thought you played like one through five, but I guess maybe it's different, uh, or at least like his. Anyways, going too far into it. Yeah. So it comes down to it. It's even, and I was following it on Twitter because I was at work while it was happening, and it looked like we went won both of the doubles matches, and then the singles matches didn't go our way. So it came down, and um, we won the first set singles match, lost the second five seven I believe, and then won in the won the third. And if I mean NCAA tennis, especially come tournament time, is so much fun because all the players rush the court, and it's just down to that single match. It's yeah. super exciting. So it was awesome, and to see Peter Wright at the press conference and um, him talk all, like about the program and have that publicity out there. They had a fantastic year. They did. So I mean, the women's team started out undefeated for God knows how many games. I don't even remember how many. They games set a couple was. records. They did. Team. They did. Yeah, and then I, forgive me for not knowing. I don't know who the women's team lost to, but overall, can't be upset. Those both of those teams played super well with a Final Four appearance. I mean, that's just with both teams in the Final Four. I you can't ask for much. You know those old Capital One uh, commercials where they talk about um, all the championships. And oh, it's like, yeah, yeah, like Capital, Capital One, one Cup yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, that no one cares about, but I, for some reason, always see Stanford <laughs> at the top. I'm like, come on, we should be there. I this, think, is, this is getting us closer. This is this is getting us closer. But, I mean, rugby always gives us points. <laughs> I think I think it's like if you win a championship in each sport, it's like, like a certain number of points. And if you get runner-up, like if you get to the championship game and you don't win it, like it's a certain number of points and so on and so forth. 
Rugby gets us, I think, the most points. <laughs> Rugby's <laughs> got to be the most consistent contributor. <laughs> I think the only two would probably be rugby and water polo. Maybe maybe swimming as well. I think those top those three swimming, diving, water polo, yeah. rowing. Row, yeah, rowing. Yeah, I saw I saw a rower today near Berkeley, um, and this might be really superficial, but I mean, he was he's wearing all cal gear. Man, the sweats that he was wearing were really nice. Like they had, it said uh, "Golden Bears" like right behind the knee. Like it said "Golden" on one knee and then "Bears" on the other. Uh, so he kind of read it across. Um, and I was like, I kind of want that. <laughs> kind of want that. Uh, but of course, I'm not a player. Only players get those. Um, so yeah, that. I mean, it's coming to a close. Off season really, really is about to start. Like there's, there's going to be nothing going on on campus. Baseball ends in a little bit, um, and especially if we're not in the World Series, then there's it's really going to be dead around here. We're really going to have to be launching our Rob Life Hacks yeah, segment. That, and we better pray. Silver on the podcast. <laughs> we better pray to the football gods that recruits keep coming in. Hashtag silver on the pod. Hashtag silver on the pod. There it is. <laughs> uh all right. Um, this is this is we're going to talk about this one for a while. This, yeah, we're gonna, this is what this is the this is the meat of today's moment episode. that you guys have been waiting for. Yeah. This is what I've been dying to talk about. Yes, yes. I'm I'm really anxious to hear what and we've been tweeting. Oh, we've been texting each other all like since yesterday was it or two days ago when we were, when we were texting about this. And I'm just I'm ready to hear what Andy has to say to to everyone. Uh, but here it is. Uh, Under Armour has just uh, locked in a deal with UCLA. Uh, it's $18 million a year for 15 years. It is the richest sponsorship deal in college football. It actually trumps uh, their uh, Nike's deal with Ohio State. It actually trumps their own deal with Notre Dame. Um, so Devastating. Devastating. <laughs> that's it. That's that's it. That's all we got to talk about. All right, we're done, folks. All week. That's what I've been waiting to say. <laughs> Devastating. Oh, goodness. Yeah, it makes so much sense from a business perspective. Put, you know, I read all the statements that Under Armour had to say, and was it Kevin Plank or whatever yeah. his name is who founded the company, talking about how they really wanted to have an L.A. base, and that's where a lot of good clothing manufacturing comes out of, and of course you want to attack that market, but yeah, like... Don't want to have the bleed button now, but, you know, damn it, man. Like, yeah. did not want to see that happen to UCLA. I really wanted them to stick with Adidas. And I think they're the beneficiary of a bidding war because this deal is astronomical, especially UCLA is not that big of a market if you compare it to Cal. Um, I, I will give We talked about this last week. It was a good conversation. Yeah. I think it's bigger, but, and, and as you mentioned, <coughs> there's more potential with it. But yeah, holy smokes! It was like two hundred million more than ours, and you add in five years, um, so there's a little bit of a difference there. But the average annual value is just freaking devastating. My favorite part of all of this, and I don't have many favorite parts of it because I'm not overly pleased, is that Rosen immediately tweeted out his unhappiness with the deal, and I was like, way to go, man! They just basically threw. Two hundred million dollars, and you are the face of that. You are the face of that for uh, program. You know, yeah, the, that program, and <laughs> you come out and you're like, no. Well, one thing to add on that is, uh, as soon as the deal came out and I was on Twitter, I saw a whole bunch of recruits like tweet at each other, 
um, and I saw recruits that like haven't committed or maybe have committed to Cal or elsewhere tweet at UCLA recruits and be like, "You're part of the you you're part of the Underarm family now, bruh. And the the replies would be like, like shaking my head or don't talk to me, like things like that. Um, so I can definitely tell some of the players are bummed, like they're really really bummed about it. The players would prefer Nike. <sighs> I would I would assume so, right? I think Nike and Adidas are like the just the one two bang bang. Interesting. That makes sense. I mean, it, yeah, it just they're much more international. Yeah. Um, it's interesting that you bring that up because uh, when I was reading, so what I did was I heard this, read the details on it, then went back and looked at our deal, and the interesting thing, a lot of the talking points about why Under Armour was a good partner to be with was because if you look around, they have kids in middle school wearing all of their gear. So it'll be interesting if we, if there's actually a dying generation of athletes that is like where they're at right now, they're the recruits. But if it's the next generation is truly if the eighth graders of the world are actually wearing Under Armour, then there's much more strength than that. Of course, the people right now aren't going to recognize it, but if they're truly that forward thinking, then that's a good position to be in. If they're off on that and they're just buying into the hype behind the Steph Curry hype, then yeah, it could be an issue. My whole thing is just don't make it the state, don't make the uniform the state flag or like, you know, the state flag or uniform unless it's going to look really, really dope. Yeah. But if it's the Maryland, I'll, I'll be the first to say though, the Maryland ones came out and I was like, ah, oh, those are kind of cool. And there's so much backlash. Yeah. But I was, I was like, oh, those are those are cool. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's it's true to the state, it's true to the flag, it's true to the school, which is the flagship university of the state. Correct. Um, so, I mean, you know, I don't know if you've seen the UA, uh, the 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 high top football shoes that they make. Uh, there's a limited edition one that's out right now. That's the California flag um, on the on the cleat, and it's white and it has you know the bear and the California Republic, you know that that whole thing, and it's one of the high top. The ones that lace up like halfway up your shin. Would you rock it? I would. I would. Um, they look nice, and I, I, you know, you see that. Um, you see the, you know, Cam Newton stuff uh, on, up on their website, and right now the the one is they have a limited edition one where it's in all gold, um, and like it's silhouetted with like numbers and statistics from Cam Newton's MVP season this year. Like, I tweeted that at Vic and Larry, and I was like, who wouldn't want to see Vic running in the end zone with these on? Like, what did he say? He retweeted it. Like, and I'm pretty sure he loved it. I mean, I think, I think the, the possibilities there are a lot bigger than what Nike was giving us. And I'm sure, I'm sure, I know a lot of people are angry at the fact that why didn't we, why don't we take our time with this, right? Like, why didn't we look at the market, maybe hold back and wait on it a little bit more? The opposite point I'll say is they did. They took years to do it, and they knew the Nike deal was ending this summer. There wasn't more time they could have spent on you know other schools. And guys, this is Cal. Yeah, <laughs> this is Cal. <laughs> if anything, they took their sweet time. They really did. I'm pretty sure they really did. Um, we take we take time and a half. <laughs> this is Berkeley time. You show up ten minutes after the after the hour to your uh, class. That's the best. We run on Berkeley time. We think on Berkeley time. <laughs> we act in Berkeley time. Yeah, I agree. We're late to the game. I feel like we set the market. We set the West Coast market, and then it sucks because UCLA 
and Adidas got into clearly that bidding war, and Under Armour's not going to let that go, and they're just going to continue to top each other, and UCLA is just sit there like a little happy kid in a, in a candy store, and was like, yeah, okay, mom and dad, you guys argue over how much candy I'm going to get, and who wants to buy me more stuff, and then all of a sudden I have everything. Yeah, I mean, I think the biggest point that a lot of people forget is that UCLA's Adidas deal is going to be short run. That was the big thing with them is that their deal ends in a couple years, but they're paying the, the cutoff to end it short, which is why it created this bidding deal, right? This Or this bidding war to, to get in that market quicker and to lock them in for however many years. UCLA so, is paying. Exactly. To get out of that contract with Adidas. So, smart. so I mean, that's why they... That's just a smart business decision, yeah, right? And brilliant. And you know what? Uh, I know... Yeah, I know this is going to upset some Cal fans for sure, but wins equals money. I, I I just don't know how else to put it. I mean, wins will get you the fanfare. Wins will get you more donations. Wins will get you higher profile. And wins will get you better recruits. Like, I just – there's no other way to put it in my opinion. Those That's not to say that's the end all, right? But winning helps. Winning definitely helps. And – Having that UCLA team do so well over the last couple of years, relative compared to us, of course. I mean, they weren't, you know, national championships or anything like that. But still bowl game eligible every year. They never really tapered off and, and, you know, went down the drain. I mean, the Brett Hundley years were pretty good. Josh Rosen's first year ended up pretty solid as well. So I they they had that support. Like right now in L.A., which is the bigger team? And you say... It was LA over. If you look at the last five years, because they USC had the the sanctions and they couldn't go to bowl games for a couple of years, so you take that away. UCLA was the team to get into right now, and plus their basketball team historically is pretty outstanding. Agreed. Um, so you can couple it with that. I mean, I agree. I think I, wins. I agree fundamentally. If you're a winning program, you're a winning program. There's not a lot of. I mean, how many of us are truly confident that we're going to be over 500 this year? But, like, honestly taking a poll, yeah. how truly confident can you be that Cal will be over 500? Yeah, I mean, even Vegas set us the over and under at six. Yeah. So. And that feels, it feels right. Um, it, it feels, it feels fair. And that's, I don't like Jim Moore at all. No. Nope. I think, as I said before, I think the program he runs is shady. I think the players they're bringing into the school. <coughs> don't necessarily like a lot of the recruits that I've looked at and looked at myself I don't know this goes too far down the rabbit hole but regardless yeah I agree with you and even if they are just the constant UCLA eight and four and four stupid like two of them are stupid losses that they always have which I love because once again not a Jim Moore fan still that eight and four is better than what we've been doing especially over the last four or five years and you're right. USC was an absolute disaster. Pat Hayden was making bad decisions left and right. Uh, the coach, like they hired Sark, who literally ran that program almost into the ground with a bunch of horrible things. Before that, they couldn't figure out if they wanted Orgeron to stay or go or what was going on there. And then they had the Kiffin, like the Lane Kiffin stuff, where he was kind of the Jim Moore of SC, where he's like would have a winning season, but then he would end up blowing it uh, on stupid games and. Yeah. So they took control of that market, which is fair. 
I still don't think they fill that stadium. I still don't think they outsell SC in no. um, athletic apparel. I don't think they outsell the Rams now in Agreed. athletic apparel. And Rob's sporting a sick, newly minted Jared Goff Rams hat. <coughs> yeah, which, by the way, I mean, I walked into a lid store yesterday. Um, I'm pretty sure Nam's going to be on his way to buy this as soon as he hears about this. But uh, they sell the Rams hat. Uh, they sell the draft cap, and they sell the regular ones that they wear You know, on the sidelines. I got the draft hat. Uh, but apparently, uh, they had one sitting in the middle of the store. On the right, on the right side, there's this little autograph, and it has a number sixteen on it. And, you know, if you read it, it, it looks like Jared Goff. <laughs> um, so, you know, I am, I'm not a Rams fan. I'm a Chargers fan at heart, through and through. Uh, thankfully, these guys play in the NFC West. I am an AFC West guy, um, and I hate all the way AFC West teams. I don't hate NFC West teams as much as I hate. The Raiders and the Broncos and the Chiefs. I, They're just making friends up here, huh? Yeah, I do. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, so um, do you want the Rams to move to LA? How do you feel about that? I mean, first of all, I wanted my Chargers to move up to LA. No, no, I'm sorry. Sorry, um, sorry. That's what, yeah. That, that was, was my, question. That was, that was your question. The intent of my question. <laughs> did yeah. you want the Chargers to come with the Rams to LA? I did. I did. What? Um, Why? I mean, because I'm from LA. The only reason I started supporting the Chargers was because they were the closest team to LA growing up. Um, Which is why I was always surprised that all my LA friends were Broncos fans. Where do you come from? I, I, like, where do these fans come from? Like, I just don't understand. Like, just you just go with the nearest vicinity. Like, I have a friend that's from LA who's a Cleveland Browns fan. Well, that like, like, <laughs> yeah, like I don't, I can't, I, I don't even want to ask him. I can't fathom like what his thought process was into choosing the Browns. <laughs> like, I just, I just can't. Maybe he's um, just a real under <laughs> underdog type of guy. Maybe he's, maybe his optimism just never dies. Maybe every year he thinks this is the year. Gosh, that can get you in a lot of trouble if you're a Cal fan. <laughs> <laughs> I bet it's worse if you're a Browns fan. Yeah, I imagine it's about the same. Because we don't we our bar our bar isn't set in national championships. Like if you're nor is the Browns. But if but think about it, if you're in the pros, right? How where do you set your bar? Like there's only a few bars you can set it at, right? It's either playoffs or a Super Bowl, like it's, Browns, the playoffs, right? Yeah, that's what I, that's what I mean, and that's like that's like slightly attainable. Where's our where's our bar? Are we just a bowl team? Are we a Rose Bowl? Are we a Pac twelve uh, championship game? Like, where's the bar we set for ourselves? I think if you look at the if you're optimistic, op, the peak optimism, you're saying you, if Rose you are a peak optimist. You're saying I will see Cal Cal win a Rose Bowl in my lifetime. Okay. Irregardless, if they move the Rose Bowl, who knows what's going to happen yeah, if they yeah, play yeah, off. Like, yeah, I yeah, hope we the, expand. We can talk about this one day. Like, yeah. I really want to see expansion to eight teams for playoffs. Yeah. Um, and if that takes the Rose Bowl out of it and then Cal doesn't get there, fine. Just give me whatever is the equivalent of the Rose Bowl in my lifetime. That's the optimist. And then if you're not an optimist, yeah, what is it? Eight and four? Bowl game eligible? Bowl, better bowl, like better half bowl game eligible? Oh, better half. So like... Like the Hall label every year? Yeah. Yeah. It's like it's like a good bar to set. And then if you're the pessimist, you're like just barely, barely bowl eligible. So six wins. Yeah, pretty much last year. Yeah. <laughs> uh, worse than last year by one. Yeah. So back so back to this Under Armour point. Um, and just to wrap this up, I think I'll just say this point is Right now, if you look at the program trajectory of where they've been, we're on the upswing. We're definitely on the upswing. But 
we're still we're still a tad shy of UCLA, right? We we need to at, at the very least we need to beat them in order to say we're above them now. Like we we you can't say you're above them now without beating them. I think that's just that's just how it is. So if we beat them this year, and you know maybe we beat them consecutively for like let's say the next two or three years, who's to who's to say we don't go back to Under Armour and be like, hey. You, you see that deal that you made with UCLA? You thought they were good? Look who's better now. Like, and just just negotiate with them. I I just don't see why you wouldn't be able to do that. If you had the wins to, to back up saying that you're worth more to them now than this other deal that they had made. You're totally right. If we get the leverage and we can negotiate an extension, our deal is shorter. Yeah. Let's talk about the positives. Yeah. The positives are, as Rob and I were talking about when we walked in, um, that it looks like UCLA doesn't get uh, as comprehensive. So Cal's deal was touted as the first of its kind in the comprehensiveness of the deal itself. And that faculty, students get discounts on Under Armour gear, that all clubs, club teams actually get uh, supported by Under Armour with gear and that there'd be a couple of flagship stores plus an entrepreneurship focus plus an incubator type uh, internship program at the university. And so that remains Cal and that remains unique to us, which is a big win because that would have sucked if that had just happened at UCLA too. And we're like, well, there's nothing special. So there's a special nature about what we have and you're right. If we gain the momentum, then that can kind of force their hand on an extension. Um, I wonder, like, now, of course, you're like, oh, let's look at the opt-out yeah. clause and see what... Can we do the same thing UCLA did and get in a bidding war? Will Adidas want to come and do something similar? <laughs> well, Nike want to come back. I mean, who knows? I mean... I'm fine with Nike not coming back, to yeah. be honest. I, I think I think we're just... They're just too caught <coughs> up in Oregon. There's no way that we're ever going to be the... The eye of their attention. I mean, it, did, it doesn't make sense, right? I mean, with not only just with Oregon, but they already have their market here with Stanford. Like, they don't – granted, it's probably, they're probably not making a lot of money off of it. But just the national exposure you get with the Stanford in the big-time games wearing Nike all the time, I think that's, that's good enough for them. And they have the NFL. Yeah, yeah. So – well, they have the NBA as well uh, in about, a, I think, a year or two. And they're going to do sponsor jerseys. Yep, yep. So they're going to make a crap ton of money. Um, but I think he, this is the cool part. I mean, this is the optimist talking to me and we, they, you know, we talked, we just talked about what they're bringing to the school and so on and so forth. And if they, if they make, let's say a store across the street from Memorial stadium, right? Let's say they, they take away one of the Haas buildings, like, which is what they've been. I think that's one of the rumors that have been going around is maybe one of the, the extension Haas buildings right across from Memorial stadium that they don't need. They'll use that and make it into a, a UA like store. Um, like how cool is that? Like, I don't, I have, you know, I, I can't say I've been to a lot of football stadiums in, across the U S. Um, but you look at all the pro teams, they have their own pro shop, like in the stadium. Like it's not one of those, like just one or two guys that are selling t-shirts and hats and whatnot. But inside you have this like mega store that has every single thing that fan wants. Like, I'm sure you've been to the Niners one at Levi's like that, that place is it's such a comprehensive fan shop. Like you, you can get your your car decals. Like you can get your little dolls. Like you can get your beads. Like you can get your jerseys, your shirts, your sweaters. Like whatever you need of from that team, they have. And to have one of those in front of the school, like 
right now, if you wanted to get something, where do you have to go? It's on game day. It's either the student store or inside the stadium, inside the little shacks. Right by the books. Exactly. <laughs> like, but think about it. If you walked into it, you know, with that Under Armour sign with a little line and it has Cal and it's just a fully decked out Cal slash Under Armour store, that's, I mean, as a fan, like that would be awesome. I agree. Awesome. And there's a couple of examples that stand out um, to which your point, I think, is really, really strong. Uh, one being that when I was I uh, went to Barcelona and I went to the stadium, oh, did a stadium Lord. tour. Yeah, yep. and that shop. It's yeah. So <laughs> that yeah that that when you were talking, I was like, yeah, that is the place that Rob's talking about. It is floors upon floors of jerseys and balls and cleats and everything you'd ever need Barcelona, and um, it is awesome. And it's almost like a part of the experience. Yeah. So you go to tour the stadium and then you go to the store and all the tourists are in the store. <coughs> um, and then when I was driving by on 880, going by the warrior stadium, flashing up on the big billboard is store, a team store hours, yeah. you know, today. Yeah. It's so, open every day. Exactly. And the state, obviously the stadium is not. So yeah. that's a fantastic point. It'd be awesome to even see it more, I mean, yeah, it'd be great to have it at Haas and nice and close and something that would be an actual experience when you get in the store. My issue is I use Northwestern as the barometer of the smart academic school that also has Under Armour um, leading it. Mm -hmm. And when I went to the game, the Cal game, I couldn't find any, like, it's hard to find Northwestern gear. I even, because my mom teaches at Northwestern, so I was trying to buy her Northwestern stuff for her birthday back in October. And it's still difficult to find (laughs) To find gear. So I agree. That's a big point of emphasis and could open up and just be awesome. Imagine people would go to a Berkeley, to an Under Armour store on Berkeley campus. I went to the outlet to go get some Under Armour shoes. Not the best looking shoes, but they're comfortable as hell. They are. They are. I mean, I got a pair of Curry 2s myself. That's uh, very comfortable. I will see. We'll see. Um, so yeah, I just, this is a, it's a good start. It's a good start of where we were. Um, and I think we got to look past the, the just the total amount of money we're receiving. Um, we, I don't know how to calculate it, but I'm sure if we calculated it, it might not be equal, but we might not be as big of a differential as we are now. If you actually calculated how much money it would take to, let's say, to build that new store, you know, or to build or all those programs uh, that all those students are going to, you know, in the internship programs that they'll get at UA or or all the supplies and all the team out, outfitted uh, outfits that all the club teams were going to get. Like if we calculated all of that, I'm sure it wouldn't be you know 18 mil a year compared to 10 mil a year, but it wouldn't be that far off. Is what I'm saying. The eight mil gap would be a lot smaller than some people suspect. We're a startup. They're more of an actual company that's IPO'd or a unicorn. Yeah. Like UCLA is the unicorn. We're the startup. We got our funding round. Now we need to make good on it. Yeah. They've already made good on it, but they also could, their bubble could burst. Yeah. So there you have it. There you have our little spiel on UCLA's deal with number. If you have any comments or things that um, we didn't talk about that you wanted us to talk about about this topic, be sure to just email at us or tweet at us and we'll talk about it next week. Still working on that Twitter thing. Yeah. But we will get it. We will get it. We will get it one of these days. Um, Lastly, we have some questions from fans. Uh, we have one from Brennan Duff. Uh, he sends us two questions. First, first question is a serious question. How do you see uh, Davis Webb's addition to the team changing the battle for starting quarterback? 
You want to go first? Uh, for me, um, I think it's huge. I think it's it. It kind of feels like three years ago all over again. It, you know, you everyone talks about we had the name for it, Klindergoff. Everyone remembers it. If you were on Twitter at the time, you remember it, Klindergoff. Um, but you had you had Klein, who was the sophomore. You had Austin Hinder, who was the rising senior, and you had Jared Goff, who was the freshman. Look at this year. You have the asterisk senior in Davis Webb. You have the freshman in Max Gilliam. You have the sophomore in Ross Bowers. Like there, there it is. Like that. It in terms of just setup, it's complete. Like it's. Chase. Okay. Yeah. You got you got Chase in there too, right? The rising junior, I believe. He will be a junior this year. Um, so yeah. So it includes four quarterbacks instead of three. But in terms of just the overall, dis- like, just the the scope of quarterbacks, right? You got the youngest freshman all the way up to a senior, um, and you can take your pick from whichever one you believe. Uh, the biggest question for me is if Davis Webb is not your starter, let's say he doesn't win the starting job in the fall, the battle for starting quarterback essentially becomes the same thing we saw in the spring, Right. Then, in that case, if, let's say, it does become a Max Gilliam or it becomes, barring Chase Forrest, right, let's say it's the one of the other two, I think you see transfers. Like, I just don't, I, it's not, it's when, not plausible. In season? Or before the season starts. I mean, or, I mean, right after the season would be over, right? Because you wouldn't, like, let's say you started Max Gilliam this coming fall. Well, because you think it's too much of a rebuild? Or I wouldn't think of a rebuild, but it just doesn't give you a shot to to play. I think that's the biggest thing for them, right? Because Bowers came in was pretty highly touted. Gilliam's coming in, he's pretty touted. But if you if you start Gilliam this year, like uh, oh, you're, like, I'm sorry, yeah, right? totally. Okay, yeah, sorry. If, I thought you were talking about I thought you were talking about team transfers. No, no, no. no. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're talking about from the quarterback. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. From the quarterback position. Mm-hmm. I mean, you see, you'll mm-hmm. see a a pretty. Substantial exodus at the quarterback position. Yeah, we saw that when Goff came into. Exactly. Klein yep. left. Hinder stayed. Um, but, you know, I think it's just that type of situation. Um, at the same time, I don't think you bring in Davis Webb. Like, I, I totally get Sonny's points about how he, you know, you never give up on the opportunity to bring in talent. That's basically what he said in his little interview thing, uh, I think, today. Today, yeah. Um, but... I mean, if you're bringing in a, a graduate student, like guy who would have 100% started at Colorado, like he had the shot, he was pretty much guaranteed to start for Colorado for this year. I don't think he switches schools if he doesn't think he's going to play. Like, it's not one of those like, oh, like, oh, back up for that school or back up for this school um, or a, like a shot to maybe win the starting position at this school. You know, it, it's just I think there's a lot more being said to him. Like, I think he has a little more optimism about his chances to win the starting job. Um, and if he does, then it's just a thing of, okay, these youngsters weren't ready. Yep. And you'll have another quarterback dilemma um, next year. Well, building off what you said, it's easier to sell that they weren't ready to those. So you probably avoid the transfer situation. Exactly. And to address the question specifically, I think he is the starter. Yeah. Um, how does it change it? I think he becomes the presumptive starting quarterback. Presumptive being Hillary Clinton's least favorite word. 
Um, <laughs> uh, but ultimately, yeah, I mean, I think he's going to be – he's in here as a starter. <laughs> you made the really good point. Like, what are the coaches saying in his ear? He doesn't give up the, the chance at Colorado. He's already ranked as the number one senior going, uh, quarterback for you know, on Mel Kuyper's list. That's enough. Yeah. It's enough for me to be like, this guy's coming in to lead the team. Sonny points to a lot of leadership qualities. You put leaders in a position to lead. You don't bring them in and then put them on the bench. While they can do that, you bring them in to set the tone. So, yeah, starter, I'd expect him to be out there day one, and I bet he has the expectation that he's going to start, as he should. And if he gets beat, he gets beat, and it's better for us. So... Hopefully we wouldn't see the transfers if it's Gilliam um, because maybe then he just has that much talent and people would say, well, I kind of want to play with somebody like that. Maybe I stick around with Jared, you know, the Jared Goff type situation. But yeah, inevitably you'll probably see a couple transfers out for people to try and get playing time. I mean, Klein went all over the U.S. trying yep. to get playing time. Yep. I mean, here's the thing for me, and I'll, uh, I guess I'll end my side of this with this, is the big thing was if we, let's say we had kept Tony Franklin. Right. I don't think we bring us Davis Webb. I think I think Chase Forrest or Russ Bowers would have been the starter. I think that's for me that's that's that. Um but the fact that we changed our offensive coordinator, um, and granted it's still the air raid, but a little there's it's a, there's some nuances that are different. Um certain plays and certain situations and certain packages are a little bit different. We can't go into detail to, and because some of us saw it at spring practice, um, but we're just not allowed to talk about it. But you can definitely tell that there's some differences from last year to this offense. And you look at uh, Jake Spavril's experience, he has pretty much the same offense that Cliff Kingsbury runs down at Texas Tech. And you bring this guy who played in the Texas Tech system in, he, as we talked about a couple of weeks ago, he basically plays the Jared Goff role like last year. He's the guy that's there, teaches the young guys of how to play this particular system of offense, not the Tony Franklin, the Jake Spatterall air raid version, and tells them these are the things you got to look out for. These are the things you got to do. Granted, you know certain quarterback traits and stuff just you need to be taught. You know, like Jared's. If you watch like the the Coach Gruden's quarterback camps and stuff, the reason they love Goff so much was his progression reads. Like that's, I think that comes regardless of what type of or what type of uh, scheme you run on offense, right? You're when you're throwing, you got to go through your progressions. Like that's just that's standard quarterback traits. So you're gonna have to teach that regardless. But in terms of the scheme and certain things you want to be looking out for, and how you want to throw certain passes, like on the bubble screens, do you want to throw them high? Do you want to throw them low? Do you want to throw them behind? Like, just that's the better way to do it in this situation. I think Davis comes in and teaches that to the young guys right away. Now you have that basis going into next year where these guys all have the same knowledge of this particular system and watch it from the sidelines. And who's to say they might not, they might play, you know, if, if we're up like 62 to three, you know, in half of the third quarter. Yeah. I mean, Viramontes could get in the game. I still think exactly. he will because he's got the huge body. He's got speed, hard to bring down. I would be shocked if we're not using him in some situations. Yep. Come, uh, come the fall. Come fall. Yeah, I really wouldn't be surprised at all because uh, even if it's Max, he's got speed. <coughs> he's shifty, but I don't know if we'd risk it. I think we probably would say, give him the red shirt, bring in Viramontes, and use him as the second running option. 
It's cool, man. It's exciting stuff. Yeah. I agree with everything you said. Let me ask you one question then that we didn't have in the program that I just thought about was what would how what bar would you set to say that the Davis Webb transfer was a success? Like it, you know, granted, let's say he wins the starting quarterback position, that's the reason we brought him in, right? To be the starter for a year. What's the bar to say that that transfer worked out well? Well, the problem with bars is that we continually reset them. That and is true. so I think if you had asked me this question um, coming out of pretty much last year and then Jared declaring, I would have said the bar for me as for the season is it's a rebuilding year, five and seven, six and six would be nice for us to hit. We know we're going to have a tough schedule and we know that schedule sucks because it's out now. Um, or it's been out and yeah, and it's going to be brutal. But then all of a sudden we got some recruiting momentum towards the end of the rec- like signing period. And then all of a sudden we bring in the number one athlete in the country. And then all of a sudden we bring in this grad transfer. And we also had the O-line transfer. Exactly, the center. Um, yeah, exactly. And um, all of a sudden we got a new O-coordinator. All right, and now we have a transfer who's the number one uh, senior quarterback prospect on Mel Kuyper's big board. And from, it goes from rebuilding – now my bar is up to, okay, like, let's get eight. Let's aim for eight again. And last year I was like, let's get nine. That's what I wanted, wanted nine wins. Well, I think that's what most people expected going into the season with Jared and that offense, right? Yeah. It seems kind of silly, but we didn't get nine. No. Um, we were close. And so, yeah, I mean, I think, I think it's eight. I think it's not – and it's not the bowl eight. It's yeah. not the bowl eight. I want the season eight, and then a and nine. Then the potential for the ninth. Like yeah. you win or lose the bowl game, it's not gonna make. I'm not gonna have eight wins and then lose the bowl game. And be like, oh, yeah. what a disappointing <laughs> season. But if if we have the opportunity for a ninth, like that's really where I think we should be at, which might be. I see, it's unfairly high. I think that we've raised ex, we've raised the expectation. Right. Because I'm looking at it, going, all right. Let's say we do end the season eight and five, right. There's six teams in the Pac-12 North. Where is eight and five land us? Are we the second best team in the Pac-12 North? Are we? Could we vie for first at eight and five? Like I, I think with the teams in the Pac-12 North right now, eight and five could possibly get you the top. I mean, it's barring tough. Washington State, who knows? How are they so good last year? Washington, Stanford's well, still going to be good. Yeah, I mean, Stanford's still going to be good. Washington has. Uh, what's his name? A quarterback coming back who's Browning. Yeah, Browning who's really good. Um, and then another year of freaking Chris Peterson getting his bearings. Yeah. Um, and then you also have Oregon who looks disappointing. Oregon State who's in where Cal was three years ago. And then you have um, yeah, St- I mean Stanford. I always am like, oh hey, it's winnable this year. <laughs> and, uh, and well, until then, you see the name McCaffrey show up, then. <laughs> <laughs> then it's you know, yeah. yeah, maybe it does get you that far. Maybe it doesn't. I think we performed pretty well in the bowl games, right? So, except for Oregon's devastating loss. Hopefully that just sends them into the abyss for a little while. I wouldn't yeah, mind that. I wouldn't mind at all. I wouldn't mind at all. But, yeah, I think that's yeah, I think that's where it is. It's, I, I'm with you on that. I think the bars, the Vegas silver and under is at six. I would take the over. But for me, the over-under of this team is at eight. I think it's... Unless we're totally... Unless we're being... And we are, I'm sure, being a little bit blinded by the good news recently. 
it keeps coming in on about the program. Yeah, and but, how good the recruits that came in early are too, like right. the Milky Stovalls and Jordan Duncan's. Like those guys are really good. Yeah. So, so if if they need adjustment time, and if the receivers aren't as good, maybe you know the backup receivers aren't as good as we think they are. Them, yeah. Inspect them to be, or they're just not maybe like game ready. If there is such a thing, um, then perhaps you know that you can start to see it. Or if you know, you know knock on wood, anything with injuries, um, that could that could injuries are just like all right. What can you do? Yeah, there's not much you can do about it. Um, and then of course uh, he had one other question. We'll end with this. Is this he had a silly question? Now that Davis Webb is on the team, do we need to start thinking of Jason Bourne jokes, references, etc.? Um, first, I didn't get this this joke. I don't think you did either. I got it. You got it. But uh, I got it wrong. <laughs> yeah, that's right. You did. You did get it wrong. So, um, <laughs> so da- <laughs> David Webb is actually uh, Jason Bourne's real name in the movie series. Like, that's his... That's his what's who he his, is. Yeah. I don't, Before he becomes. His Bourne name? Jason is that what you should call it? Like, his, that's the name he was born with? Given name. Yeah. Given name? Is that it? Maybe? Born name? Born name? Are you born with a name? Let's go deep here. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, uh, yeah. I guess we could start the Jason Bourne, <coughs> the 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 Jason Bourne Bourne ultimatum. So where do we take it? The Web ultimatum. The, the web, web. The Web supremacy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the Web identity. That should be. We should start each podcast off when we go through camp. It'll be like the web identity as it starts. <laughs> <laughs> the web supremacy. Oh man! Yeah, that'd be awesome. That's that's where it'll start. I mean, we've had some pretty good nicknames for Cal football guys throughout the throughout the course um, of Cal football. Um, so I don't know. Maybe maybe this does take off. Personally, I would just like to see like some form of like fan fandom kind of comeback. I mean, you and I were there um, our freshman year with Lavelle Hawkins, you know, doing the hawk motion with the entire crowd, like on kickoffs and punt returns, like, or not punt returns, kickoffs, right? Mm-hmm. That was, that was fun. Yeah. Like, that was just, that was just a lot of fun. Um, right now, our only chant is like, Honey Mustard. Deshaun Jackson. Yeah. <laughs> or like, you know, yeah, we're just the names in the class. Jared Goff. Yeah. Like, yeah. oh man, come on. Let's yeah, let's do something tighter than Come that. on, Mike Men, think of something. Mike Men and Rallycom, you gotta you gotta start your uh, innovation think engine. Of something. I can't just turn on the stove. <laughs> there was a there was oh man, there was a moment the this year. The stove is hot. There was a moment this year where I got really angry at a Mike Men. Like I'm pretty sure they didn't hear me because I was over a couple of sections, but I mean we were we were on offense. Let like, me guess, before the 50, and they did roll on you bears? They did that once. I got <laughs> mad at that. I got mad at that. Um, but they also, we were on offense, and we're about to, like, start a play, and she's, I think it was the, the, the female Mike Men, or I think it was one of the freshman Mike Men. Um, I, I just know for a fact um, it wasn't, um, who's the Mike Men that just graduated this year? Uh, I can't remember. They were one of Nam's friends. Um, but it wasn't him. It wasn't him. It was one of the other ones. And they just started a chant right as our offense is about to get to the line. <laughs> and I'm like, shut up. <laughs> like, let our offense run. Like, why are you starting a chant right now? And the crazier, the, the most aggravating part about it was because the Mike men did it, 
The entire student section, of course, followed along. So it was a pretty loud noise to make. And you can kind of tell the football team was got a little bit air. Yeah, they kind of like look back. They're like, what are you What are you doing? Our team's on offense. You only yell on defense. Oh, gosh. I mean, that was just the ex- the bar The bar that you set by going back to 2007, though, that Tennessee game at home was oh. the loudest I've ever heard Memorial Stadium in my life. That Tennessee game was when- loud? Who who hit the was it Follett who sacked no yeah Follett's the one that sacked um Ainge 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 yeah. and then fumbled yeah so that was the loudest I've ever heard Memorial Stadium that or, was deafening and that was that was coming from that was before before I went to Autzen Autzen is the loudest football stadium I've yeah. ever been in I mean just the acoustics of that stadium yeah. is really well it's, it's really well built it's ridiculous yeah can't even talk yeah and but then. Memorial Stadium, that was loud. That was rocking. If you can get a rocking, Memorial Stadium is not a bad venue. No. Not, not Way at all. better than the Rose Bowl. Yeah. Way better. I mean, for the guys, I mean, for the old blues, the, they probably all know. But for the younger guys that wasn't that came to Cal after 07, like, 08 wasn't that bad either. Um, but it was, on, it was a little bit on the decline. But, I mean, 07, that Tennessee game when Deshaun does the, the Madden move. <laughs> and I just remember... For that split second he did the Madden move, I distinctly remember this. The stadium went silent. Like, because everyone just, it was like a ooh moment. Like, it just, everyone went dead silent. And then he started to take off and everyone was cheering, cheering like crazy. Yeah. Um, like, are you going to punt it to this guy? You are going to punt it to this guy? Oh. He's gone. Just one more memory from that season is um, I remember the Louisiana Tech game. Kickoff. Off to Lavelle Hawkins and he runs back for a touchdown. That's the first play of the game, and I was—I remember standing there in the sun, like in the just the, the heat of the sun. Like there were no clouds that day, and I—I I, I don't know for what reason I had my camera out and I recorded the the kickoff return, like just because it was the start of kickoff. I thought I was going to turn it off, like as soon as maybe it got to like the thirty. But I, I filmed the whole thing and I turn around and I'm in the student section. You just see like everyone just jumping up and down and I turn around and they don't do this anymore. But remember the body surfing? Yeah. You take the guys from the top and you, they... What do you mean they don't do that anymore? Because they don't have enough people. Like it doesn't go all the way to the top anymore for the student section. Because remember, I, I distinctly remember our student section used to be packed like all yeah. the way to the top. You have to go early, like way before yeah, the like game to Mike get Men, spots. Mike Men wouldn't Old have spots. to... Yeah, Mike Men wouldn't have to tell you to like or tell other fans to move over in the student section to fill it out. Like, it used to be filled from the bottom to the sides all the way up to the top. And overflow. And overflow. Right. Yeah, yeah, and overflow on the right. And you yeah. used to you used to body surf. If you were, like, anywhere within the first 10 rows, you know, you'd ask a couple of friends to lift you up. And Throw you, me up. Yeah. Send me up. And you would go all the way to the top. All the way up. Yeah. And you'd lose your wallet and yeah. you'd be grabbing places you never. <laughs> nope. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Fun yeah. stuff. Yeah. I did it once. Yeah. See, guys, is a little more understandable. Like, it's just... Like, even if it's like... A, we would just take girls yeah. that were at this at the game and be like, throw them up! <laughs> just throw them up and be like, goodbye! We'll Come find you. us later! We'll see you in about 10 minutes. <laughs> oh, Lord. Oh. All right, should we check the shark score right now? Should we? Let's do it. We're about to close. It's a dangerous move, though, because if they did lose, then I might cry. Bum, bada, bum, 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 I think they bum, pulled it bum, off. Bum, bum. I think they easily pulled it off. It depends. If I have 100 text messages, they probably won't. Actually, either way. All right, here we go. We're waiting. We're waiting. We're waiting for the load. 
did the Bear, Bay Area hockey team finally make it to the Stanley Cup? Will I have to check it? Yeah, dude, you Is might. it not loading properly? Or did it load? And they won! And they won. <laughs> oh my gosh! Oh, wow, they actually, they actually scored another one. Wow, it was a 5-2 win. Gosh, this was terrifying. Look how, look how this came up, right? It said Game 7. <laughs> it, it, Sharks lead Series 3-2. <laughs> so I was like, oh, oh no. Wow. <laughs> Oh, terrifying, dude. Terrifying. Oh. All right. After years of playoff frustration and heartbreak, they advanced to the Stanley Cup Finals for the first time in franchise history. It's going to be a pretty big couple weeks uh, for hockey in the Bay Area, dude, this especially is awesome. the South Bay. Hey, do you know if the other um, Eastern Conference Finals, is that still going on in hockey, or is it I think it's done? I think it still is. If so I'm going on? Berkeley. Yeah. All right, because I need the Sharks game to go beyond Bonner so that I can come back and go to a game. That's right. Yeah. All right. <laughs> let's let's hope that it works in Andy's schedule so he can come back to go to Sharks game. Um, but yeah, I think that wraps it up for us. Uh, we we actually talked for quite a while, especially with the fact that we had nothing much to talk about. That UA, the Under Armour, UCLA stuff, they talk, we talked about a lot, and also the Davis Webb stuff. It's the gummy bears. Uh, it's probably the gummy bears as well. Um, but if you don't, if you, if you live in the area and you can go to Berkeley Bowl, highly recommend, ask, just ask for the blue and gold gummy bears, and they'll direct you exactly where you need to go. Um, Rob's Life Hacks. Yeah. Managed, managed to make it into the podcast I took this. More. I took this to the basketball game once, and Twist ate all of it. <laughs> Twist ate the whole bag. I, I, yeah, yeah, that's right. I'm blaming you, Twist. Um, oh, and look at that. He sends me a Snapchat right as I say, say his name. Holy crap. Probably. <laughs> it's probably an anger. He's, I don't he's, 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 he's somehow listening to this live. <laughs> um, all right, well, that wraps it up for us. Uh, you can find our stuff on CaliforniaGoldenBlog.com. You can email at us at CGB, uh, bearca- CGBBearCast at gmail.com. You can tweet at me at Rob11HWNG. We cannot find Annie on Twitter yet, but we will try to make that happen as soon as possible. Um, and if once again, if you have any questions, comments, concerns, or topics, or fun questions you want us to go over, um, please let us know. Please do. Please do. Um, that wraps it up for us, and we'll see you guys next week. And as always, go Bears. Go Bears. You know it! Why? You tell the story! Why? You tell the whole damn world! This is Bears! Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. 
That's unifydhealing.com slash blue wire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.